0: Welcome to the Originals podcast, a place where we can have conversations relevant to the young adults community.
1: Hello Originals, we're back again this week, but this time it's just me, Dana. Caleb is on paternity leave with his gorgeous new baby, Holiday, and his wife, GK, and their other little girl, Margot, and we're so happy for them. Um, But what that means is, I'm doing all of our interviews and podcasts by myself, but even more fun. I'm in Bundaberg, my hometown. I'm spending the weekend with my family. And while I'm here, I'm going to record a couple little bits and pieces because why not? And it'll just be a good time. So today's guest is a wonderful woman who just so happens to be my mum. Her name is Kirsten Williams. And mum, would you like to say hello
0: and introduce yourself? (laughs) Sure. Hi, everybody. Um, Like uh, Dana has already said, I am her mother. My name is Kirsten Williams. And uh, yeah, we're here in Bundaberg. So it's so good to have a home for the weekend.
1: Yeah, we're literally in my family's media room. That's right. Yeah, we thought this would be the best sound. um, But that's a fun fact about us. What do you do for a living, Mum?
0: Well, uh, funnily enough, uh, I'm starting a new job on Monday, but uh, most of my professional career has been in either graphic design, web Mm -hmm. development, or uh, marketing.
1: Yes, but what else have you done on the side?
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the side, well, that's a good question, Dana. Um, I do a lot of things, really. Uh, Some consultancy work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been pastors for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Youth pastors for most of the majority of our pastoring life. Uh, Senior pastors. Yep. Uh, we like to skateboard. <laughs> that's recent. That's because of me. That is. That is true. <laughs> um, but uh, lots of other things. Uh, We're we CrossFit trainers yes, uh, and are. we love going to CrossFit and working out. Uh, keen interest in uh, anything photography and video. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a whole heap of other stuff too, but that's probably a bit long to go through.
1: Basically, my parents are mad dogs and do way too much, but <laughs> they pull it off. And I'm happy to have them as my parents. Well, that's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for Small Talk with Dee, where I ask our guests a random question that they never would have thought of themselves. So, Mum, Small Talk with Dee, you've listened to the podcast, Mm -hmm. you've heard this segment. Mm -hmm. I ask weird questions all the time. Fun fact, everyone, look, seeing as I'm in my family home, let's talk about some stuff from my childhood. I was the question girl. (laughs) I don't know how best to describe it. Basically when I was a child, like four, five, six, seven, eight, every night before I went to bed, my parents were like, Dana, you can ask one question.
0: Well, it never ended up being just (laughs) one question. It
1: was supposed to be, but apparently I'm a bit nosy and a bit curious, so I would ask a lot. True. So, yeah, my parents would literally limit me, but we didn't follow through. Every night, one question. <laughs> and it would be the most random stuff, hey?
0: Oh, always.
1: But also some really philosophical things too.
0: Yeah, very deep. Very <laughs> as deep. As deep as an
1: eight-year-old can be.
0: Well, even younger sometimes. That's true. Yeah.
1: That's true. Um, so you're used to ask me asking weird questions. Mm-hmm. So today's one is a little bit more fun, in my <laughs> opinion. So first we've got to set the scene. You've just awoken... From a nightmare. You're breathing heavy, you're freaking out. And in the nightmare, you ate 100 packets of chips. What chips
0: did you eat? Oh, (laughs) easy. That is so easy. Uh, Smith's Mm -hmm. cheese and onion crinkle cut chips. Are you kidding? I thought you were going to say salt and vinegar. No, no. Look, maybe once upon a time I would have said salt and vinegar. You've changed. But yes, I have. I have changed. My taste has grown as I have gotten older. (laughs) This
1: is what happens when you move out of home. You get out of touch with your family. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's not that out of touch. There's still Smith's Crinkle Cat chips.
1: I was going to say those exact chips because that's my nightmare. I hate cheese (laughs) and onion chips. I would not eat them. Like, that would just be the worst. Imagine having to eat 100 packets. No, thank you.
0: Well, yeah, even eating one packet makes me feel sick these days. But uh, anyway. But you would just pick them because you like them. I do. They're, <laughs> they're really good. They're good. But, you know, one packet, uh, I can't really make it through one packet.
1: Okay, okay. Let we'll me see how it is. Here are our OG recommendations for this week. Okay, mum. Recommendations. Have you have got any recommendations for this week? It can be anything from I don't know, like I was saying off mic, new pair of pants you bought, maybe, maybe you've tried a new tea, maybe there's a new restaurant in Bundaberg that you love.
0: <laughs> I highly doubt it, but uh, not during this time. But uh, yeah, that's a good thought. Uh, all right. Well, this week there's probably a couple of things actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I did buy a new pair of uh, compression tights. <laughs> This is a CrossFit or CrossFit, <laughs> yes. Uh, they're called E C H T pants. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was a bit dubious about them because they're a bit cheaper than the ones I normally mm-hmm. buy. Um, but they arrived on Tuesday so I tried them on straight away and I wore them to CrossFit that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, things to look for in a good, you know, workout tight, mm-hmm. uh, Breathability. <laughs> uh, stretchability. Mm-hmm. Uh, not see-through. Oh, yes. That's a big one. A huge one. Particularly, I mean, we do a lot of squats. <laughs> so, you know. Um, anyway, uh, and they were they were only 65 bucks. Okay. Um, I ordered them. They came within like three days. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and they're comfy and they're Ooh. high-waisted. So Ooh. they're even better. It takes a bit to get used to the high-waist. but. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know. For um, everyone at home, my parents' favorite style of pants is low rise jeans. <laughs> you heard it here, low rise. Yeah. I don't understand it, but look, their favorite decade was probably the 2000s, am I right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. See, yep. I have this theory. We're going on a little side tangent, but I've discussed this with you before. I have this theory. For my generation, the 2000s is what, to your generation's were the 80s so you, my parents will, grew up in the 80s they were kids and teens in the 80s and they hate the fashion they hate they hate it my parents love all the movies they love all the music but they hate the fashion whereas for me that's when I did my old my growing up was in the 2000s and I hate all that I mean I don't hate I you know me I have appreciation for all clothes but <laughs> low-rise jeans are not <laughs> what
0: no, they are a thing and they're more comfortable than the high-waisted I stuff, ca- I must admit.
1: I cannot agree. I feel way too exposed. But that's why my mum is saying it takes a while to get used to a high-waisted stretch leggings. Correct. But you like them.
0: They are good. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They're really comfy. Yeah. Um, meet all the criteria. <laughs> uh, I didn't break them or, or rip nice. them. So that's, that's good. That's I, think, uh, I think the day I wore them we were doing um, – we were doing snatches, mm. so a lot of CrossFit is a lot of Olympic lifting, so ollie lifting, yeah, and um, snatches and hang snatches in particular are very difficult to um, master, yeah. So it takes a lot.
1: I can imagine.
0: Yeah, and then and then overhead squats.
1: Oh, Everybody Lord.
0: hates over- overhead squats. Yeah, I'm a bit weird. I like overhead <laughs> squats. So uh anyway, they stood the test of time and they did really well for the for the afternoon.
1: Oh, there you go. I'm glad to hear
0: it. Yeah. And and then the other thing this week, I think, for me, um, I was recommended to buy a book called Sacred Pace. Okay. Uh so I started reading that on Monday. Yeah. And I can't think of the guy who wrote the book. Um, but you can get it on Amazon. It's yeah. called Sacred Pace.
1: Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes for everyone. Yeah. So great.
0: Um it. Anyway, uh, talking about how to slow down Mm. and actually hear the voice of God in your Mm. everyday life. Oh, there you go. So um, as you guys have already heard from my wonderful daughter, (laughs) uh, we're very busy people (laughs) and do a lot of things. So uh, it's a really good reminder sometimes Mm. to slow down and actually, you know, consult God on the decisions and the things that you do every day. So, yeah, I'm only a couple of chapters into the book. I'm taking Mm -hmm. my time with it. But, yeah, yeah, it's really good so far.
1: That's good. Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of similar to something that I've listened to this week. So I I have kind of two main recommendations because over this weekend I'm going to have to give heaps. So I've got to, like, keep them in my little pocket. So the first thing I'm going to recommend just because what you said reminded me of that is a book called Garden City um, by Pastor John Mark Comer. And it's very similar. It talks about work, rest and the Sabbath. I've been talking about it with my parents all weekend because it mm. like blew my mind. It's, I've been listening to the audiobook, so it was only like six hours long, which for me is basically one work day worth of listening. Um, but it just kind of explains what work is within like the Christian concept because oftentimes work is seen as a bad thing. But God created us to work and our work our lives in him and it's not necessarily saying that like you have to have purpose in your work in the way that like you're only having meaningful work if you are working for a non-profit or working for a church or work for this it actually talks more about how god created us in his image and god creates and so as humans we should do the best that we can can in whatever we create so if our if we feel that our biggest like calling or not really calling, but like what you do is it could just be your hairdresser. It's like you should be the best hairdresser then because you're reflecting God's image. If you are a marketing manager, you need to be the best marketing manager because that's reflecting what God's plan is for us. And I thought that was really cool. And then it obviously talks about on the other hand, like the Sabbath and rest and understanding that our life isn't just meant to be work, God rested, so therefore we should rest. And what rest actually is, isn't just, you know, doing whatever or bumming around or whatever. It's actually enjoying the fruits of our labour and enjoying our work like God did when he, you know, created the earth. He enjoyed, he rested and it was good. So it's appreciating what we actually make, which I just was like so true. We all need to hear that sometimes.
0: Yeah, we do. And and just to add to that, I think it's also about uh, when you're resting, it's about nourishing your soul. Exactly. You know, and sometimes that's finding the things that you enjoy doing. mm mm-hmm. And, and it might be, you know, you've not wor- at work one particular day or you've got a day off and, and it might be getting your camera and going outside yeah. taking photos for the yeah. day. I mean that could still be considered work.
1: But it depends who it is and what it does to that's your right. spirit and your soul.
0: That's right. Yeah. So it's finding those things that nourish your soul in the middle of the busyness of life. Yeah,
1: and that's exactly what the book was saying because yeah. he was like the guy who wrote it was discussing like he hates gardening. But he's like, that is life draining. But to other people, gardening is life giving. So that's what that's they right. do on their day off. And I was like, so true. yeah, So true. And that's something I've been trying to remind myself is that I need to rest. Because I feel like there's either two camps during COVID at the moment. It's either your okay with doing nothing. You're just going to bum around. You're like, or because you have all this extra time, you're like, I have to make the most of it. I'm not being productive. I'm not being productive. And that's the camp that I'm in. Anytime I have time off, I'm like, I'm not being productive enough. I'm not doing something. And it's like, no, no, you need to rest. You need to take this time. You still need to be productive, but you need to set aside those days or those certain times where this is for you and for God to enjoy what you have done and what he has given you.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I think too, you know, it's often it's okay in the middle of busyness to go, hang on a second, I'm going to take a half an hour or I'm going to take an hour yeah. and I'm just going to do something that I enjoy. Yeah. It's being empathetic towards yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually taking care of you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, I think too as as women mm. we tend to not ever think of ourselves mm. enough. Yeah and we don't take good care of, of us yeah. and our spirit and our soul yeah, because we're always, you know, trying to make sure that everybody else is okay yeah. so we often don't take the time for ourselves. Yeah,
1: it's those, like, I guess, like, maternal almost yeah. instincts kind of type thing. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that's one thing that I recommend, Garden City, uh, Pastor Don Mark Comer, and then the other one is just a platform to listen to things. So my bosses at work use this thing called Scribed, and it is the best. And they were telling me about it and I was like, because I obviously listen to lots of podcasts at work and I feel like I listen to so many and I just can't find new content that I'm really loving. So I was like, I wanted to start listening to audiobooks. And I had Audible for about a month or two, but I found that you only get one book a month and you have to pay for everything. And just uh, for my budget, it's just not doable. For how much I would listen to as well. Like if I can do a book in two days, well man, imagine how much I'm spending every month just to listen. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's just not gonna work for me. And so my bosses recommended Scribed and Scribed is works similarly to Netflix. You pay thirteen or oh, like twelve or thirteen dollars a month, but you get unlimited access to all of their books. And it's not just audiobooks, it's ebooks, it's magazines, it's that's sheet right. music, it's everything. They do have less titles than the other platforms. But generally, if you can't find it as an audiobook, it is there as an ebook. And sometimes it's kind of, it's almost better to have less content because then you have less choice and you can actually pick things that you will enjoy better. And yeah, that's how I listened to um, this book that I was just recommending, Garden City. And I was just like, oh, I don't know why I never got it. I didn't even know it existed until they talked about it. But then I remembered like 14 year old me, I swear I used it at one stage for ebooks because I used it read ebooks like crazy so if you're into audiobooks and things i recommend looking into scribed it it might not be for you if you need more titles like you do for audible but definitely recommend scribed for sure
0: yeah it's really good i've used it before
1: yeah it's great Alrighty, let's get into today's topic So I was talking to mum earlier today about what we should talk about and kind of just figuring out what she was comfortable talking about, what I wanted to talk about. And we decided that – well, I decided and basically said, mum, we're going to do this. This is how it is.
0: Um, (laughs) Story um, of my life.
1: (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. You make me sound like I'm (laughs) – Not uh, true. Not true. Thank you. But so my parents – you told me this a, a while back when I was in high school. I asked you one day, I was like, what did you think you were going to do before you had kids? And you told me, you might you, you might have lied or maybe I'm just thinking of this wrong, <laughs> but I remember you told me that you and Dad had thought that you were going to be missionaries when you first got married. Is this true?
0: Yeah, in, in a roundabout sort of a way. Um, we had always thought that uh, – after we'd got a little bit of experience in our professions mm. that we would uh, go overseas yeah. and work and be like tent missionaries. Yeah. So working in a profession mm. but then also helping out in a ministry capacity uh, in various mm. places. Um, things didn't quite go that way.
1: No.
0: <laughs> um, but now that uh, you and your brother have left home, who knows? <laughs>
1: who knows what could happen. That's right. And I'm bringing this up because while my parents – didn't necessarily do it in that capacity. Um, Throughout my childhood they would go on small missions trips with different organisations and churches and I think it's really cool and really interesting because a lot of my – friends from church or from school didn't really have that experience like my parents would literally they would it would usually be one or the other never both at the same time That's right. Um but they would like one of them would go off for 3 weeks and it was just normal and then they'd come back and we'd get all these random little gifts and things <laughs> and just like have a big old party and it was always so fun like uh, I just remember when dad came back from Africa That's right. And all the little like random bits and pieces we got like that was sick. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just like reminiscing now. Um but there was a time in our life as a family where we were, we moved, what, three times in four years right. to different places. We also moved back to Bundaberg. So I was born in Bundaberg, raised here for a few years. Then we went to Brisbane, which is like very different to Bundaberg. It's a big city. But then from there, we went to a place called Bill If anyone <laughs> listening is from Bilo Wheeler, hello, good on you for sticking it out. We were there for a year, and Billabong is a small country town in Queensland, and that was that's completely different from Brisbane. Like we literally went from like three different extremes, in my opinion. Like Bundaberg is like the the middle, yeah, and then they're on either side, and so we were there for a while, and then we moved back to Bundaberg, which in my opinion was the hardest move, because whenever you go back somewhere, it's just like 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 everyone has these preconceived ideas of who you are. What you enjoy, um, what they expect from you. Like I went back to my – the same school that I went to and that was so weird because everyone had changed. I had changed but everyone thought like we were still, what, eight years old, which I was not.
0: Yeah, and look, I think people remember you for who you were when you were with them previously. Oh, exactly. Um, and, you know, growing up I think, um, you know, We've kind of put you and your brother in various <laughs> situations um, that has perpetuated growth, uh, whether you've liked it or whether you've not liked it. But, um, you know, a lot of people never move and yeah. never grow or never mm. change mm. and they expect you to stay the same yeah. if you've gone away and you come back. yeah. So it can be difficult oh, for sure.
1: It can be. And it, and it was just um, with that as well that meant that you were – you, I, you guys had the same thing you'd changed from when you first lived here you'd For grown sure. and lots of things had happened yep and so I'm just saying this because that was a journey that we went through then at that same time um one of our good family friends was diagnosed with leukemia and that was a hectic experience in itself yeah kind of walking that journey with their, um, him and his family and what that meant and then around that same time if you're comfortable with me saying, my mom had a battle with depression and that yeah. is another layer of things that happened. And then when we went to Villa my mum was like, you know what? I'm going to go on a missions trip because that's how cool my mum is. She's a weapon. <laughs> She's like, you know what? This stuff is going on. These things, this isn't going to stop me from helping others and from experience life in the way that I intend to live it. And I really love that about you. Um, and so I wanted to hear about that mission trip in particular, because that was a bit of a hectic one. Yeah. Yeah. From that, from the outskirts, from the things that I heard. So when mum went on this mission trip, she went to a place called Moldova and Moldova is not the greatest place. I'll let you explain it more. But basically she went there by herself, um, didn't know anyone and was like, this is what I'm going to do. So mum, would you like to share your experience in Moldova that mission strip, why you wanted to do it, just a little overarching whatever.
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, gosh, where do I start? (laughs) I know, lots of questions. (laughs) Yeah, lots. Um, So the whole reason I went to Moldova was um, a couple of things really. Um, I felt that at that point in life, um, you know, I wasn't really prepared to handle – life on my own yeah um I felt like I was dependent on everybody else for my general health and well-being um and I guess in some ways um traveling to firstly I went from Australia to Guangzhou in China Mm -hmm. um and I spent nearly 24 hours in Guangzhou Yeah. Uh, Not knowing the language, not knowing, you know. I've done that one too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Um, So, you know, um, I'd never travelled overseas by myself before. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of fear um, that I think I carried just not being able to navigate life or navigate a journey like that by myself. Mm. But knowing full well I had plenty of friends that had done it before and they were perfectly fine. But um, you know, I felt that going from here, to then to China, then I went from China to, I think it was uh, Amsterdam, yeah, um, and then Amsterdam to the UK, yeah, and um, from the UK, then I I actually went from there to Romania. Um, and when I landed in Romania, um, the the people that had organised the the Moldova trip, mm-hmm. um weren't necessarily coming with me at the same time. Yeah. So just because of flights and different things like that, I couldn't travel with the rest of the team. Yeah. So there was about I think 5 of us that went to mm-hmm. Moldova. Um I'd never met these people before in my life. Yeah. Um I I kind of <laughs> I knew the the organizer of the trip. Yeah. Um but he wasn't going <laughs> on the trip. He'd organized a team to go and whatnot. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess that's where faith kicks in, right? Yeah. So uh, faith is all about doing things and, and believing in things that you can't see Mm -hmm. and that you don't necessarily know how things are going to turn out. Yeah. Um, so it's a, faith is really just a trust journey. Mm. So I trusted this guy and I trusted that he was organizing things well. Anyway, so I go from, uh, I think it was uh, Birmingham in the UK yep. to Romania. Mm-hmm. So I land in Romania <laughs> into an interesting airport. Uh, I was meeting um, the guy that headed up Teen Challenge in Romania. Oh, yep. Um, I'd never met him before. Didn't know what he looked like. Had no <laughs> idea who he was, when he would be there. Yeah. I go through customs and whatnot. I, I'm standing at the front of the airport and I remember, it's still quite vivid in my, in my mind, standing there looking around thinking, oh my gosh, I could, I could get kidnapped (laughs) and nobody would know. Mm -hmm. I would just disappear.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And you know, you want to believe the best about people? Yes. But there were some shady people around.
1: People are sketchy too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, didn't know the language. Didn't know who this guy was coming to meet me. Anyway, so I'm standing outside the airport uh, in Romania and this guy comes and he's like, I mean, I must have stood out like a sore thumb, you know, like I'm as white as white.
1: Oh, yes. And he had what? Was this when you had blonde hair or did you have your brown
0: hair then? No, I had uh, auburn hair then. That's right. Yeah. We like to change our hair in this family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. Um, Anyway, so – yeah, I must have stood out like a sore thumb. Mm. Anyway, this guy comes and meets me. I'm like, yet another faith step. I'm trusting this guy. Yeah. He's legit, you know, mm. whatever. Picks me up, you know. And then we're going um, into the city mm-hmm. in uh, Bucharest. Yeah. And uh, he's taking me to his flat. Yep. His wife is uh, a UN ambassador. Oh, wow yeah so they have a really nice apartment mm-hmm. i'm like Ew, what if this guy like you know yeah. does me in <laughs> <laughs> well you know These are the things you think about when
1: you're a lone woman well when you're on traveling. your own too right in a very and, foreign country
0: yeah and and you know you're still carrying some of the fear of oh, yeah. what if oh yeah for sure and I think, you know, it's that whole what-if scenario mm-hmm. that causes your mind to go places that it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm, I remember uh, having a shower and just praying. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. keep me safe. Yeah. You know, I want to see my family again, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But anyway, it, it turned out all right. And then uh, I couldn't get uh, a visa. ...to get into Moldova.
1: I did not know that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And um, I actually had to go to the embassy, the Moldovan embassy... ...in Romania Mm -hmm. to purchase a visa to get into Moldova. (laughs) And um, he took me to the the embassy and uh, we sorted it all out. It was very difficult because they didn't know English very well. It was broken English. Um, Just... Really difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then I had to try and they wanted more money. So particularly in those kind of countries in Europe, um, bribery is very rampant. Yeah. Um, So they hiked up the price of the visa. Mm. And uh, I had to try and get money out of a a bank teller, like an ATM Mm. in Romania. Yeah. So I remember going to the ATM and uh, getting money out. And uh, then I get this message on my phone mm-hmm. saying, please call this number in Australia straight away oh. because such and such has, active, uh, has you know, accessed your bank account. Yeah. So then my Visa card pretty much got a oh. ban on it. <laughs> and I couldn't do anything and I couldn't call anyone. No, because you don't have the… <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, great, now I've got my money. I mean, I had some cash. Yeah, but that's... But I at least managed to get the money out to pay for the visa, right? Mm. So that was good because they didn't... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So anyway, I think it took us maybe six or seven hours wow. to get the visa. So you had to actually go to the embassy, apply for the visa. They had to process it yeah. and whatnot. So while they were processing it, I actually got to go out to one of the Teen Challenge oh. uh, places mm. in Romania... Which was you know traveling down this little country road in this you know, I think it was a little Fiat <laughs> you know um, bizarre. yeah and over there you know they have um, armored guards in some oh, of wow. the some of the streets and stuff yeah. like that and then police carry guns yeah. which is you know obviously something foreign to us. Oh yes, yeah. especially in Australia. <laughs> yeah, so very confronting. Um, but anyway, uh yeah, I managed to go and visit the Teen Challenge uh compound or whatever they they have because it's all fenced off and whatnot and yeah. and that was a really cool experience in, mm. and getting to talk to some of the people there was was fantastic yeah um, and then we went back later the day in the day to uh, get the visa yeah and then I uh, met the rest of our team mm. in Romania and uh, traveled to Moldova yeah so. Uh, we landed in Moldova, and I remember it was it was nearly unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very poor country, Yeah. and for those of you who don't know, it's situated in a very precarious position. It's between kind of Russia mm-hmm. and the Ukraine. Yep, it's quite the a. Way s- you've also been? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so uh, Moldova is um, yeah small in land. Yep, um, and it's kind of the country that. Russia doesn't really want yeah, and Ukraine doesn't really want. So yeah. it's kind of a buffer yeah. between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately, and, and this is one of the things that really got me when, when I visited, is that um, Moldova is one of the countries in the world that its main export is sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, mostly young girls. Yeah. Um, but also young boys. Mm and um, there's a, like I said it's a very poor nation yeah um, a lot of hopelessness yeah um, you know parents of young kids tend to be alcoholic I mean we worked and went to a number of different orphanages mm-hmm. different um, places and one of the one of the uh, places that we went to was a, a ...an organisation called Stella's Voice.
1: Yes, I do remember that.
0: Yeah. Um, amazing thing that they're doing there. Christian organisation. Yeah. Run out of, the, out of the States, out of the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pretty much try and rescue these kids. Yeah. Um, they're doing an amazing job. Yeah. And um, we spend some time with them Mm -hmm. um like I said I was uh part of a team of people that I'd never met before Mm -hmm. so traveling around with people who you've never met before and going to places like that you form you form kind of a really special relationship
1: yes for sure
0: and um it's those experiences that kind of stay with you and Mm -hmm. And some of the th- some of the stories we heard from some of these kids that have been rescued out yeah. of out of that environment and out of just utter devastation of their life mm. was just horrific. Oh, it would have been. But this organization, Stella's Voice, uh, picking these kids up out of out of that lifestyle mm. and rescuing them, and they're giving them hope, and they're yeah. sending them to school, and they're putting clothes on their back, yeah. and. These kids are doing an amazing thing and I've, you know, stayed in contact with some Mm. of them via Facebook, some of these kids. And just watching their journey and seeing them grow Mm. into people who have meaning in life yeah, so they don't repeat that cycle is amazing.
1: Yeah. It's not just the like Stella's voice doesn't just rescue them, they rehabilitate and they they help them live the life that they're meant to live. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, one of the stories just quickly Um, because I can't remember all the details but one of the teenagers that we met, you know, (laughs) her parents were alcoholics. I mean these kids are living in homes that are like built out of mud brick with straw roofs, Mm. dirt floors, just terrible conditions, you Mm. know. Um, Anyway, this one child... ...had come out of a situation where his father had murdered his mother... ...and then had tried to murder them. Yeah. Because he was an alcoholic. Yeah. He couldn't see a way out. Yeah. And um, unfortunately this teenager had scars... Yeah. ...because of what had happened, the situation that had happened. And I won't go into the details but, you know... This young girl, Stella's voice found out about the situation Mm. because they have different contacts in various orphanages and that kind of thing. And um, they rescued her and they put her into a a house with some house parents with some other young girls Mm -hmm. and uh, they clothed her, they fed her, they got a well. Yeah. They do homeschooling with Mm -hmm. the girls, they give them opportunity... And they changed their life. Yeah. And for me I think and there's many other stories I could tell you but for me I think at that point of my life where I was feeling fearful about a few things and not really knowing that I could be okay after yeah. coming out of a bout of depression, yeah, um, it was exactly what I needed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it made me realise that. You know God is bigger than what I was going through. Yeah. And he's always bigger than what we go through. Yeah. But it's also it's also, you know, sometimes essential to know and to see other people's life and understand where they're coming from. That enables you to go, "Hang on a second, I'm okay." Yeah. You know, um And it also made me realise, hey, look, I've got nothing to be fearful of. Mm. And uh, God showed me through that experience that, hey, I can do things that I think that I can't do. Yeah. And I can help people no matter what situation I'm in. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm not – certainly not, uh, you know, brushing off depression because it's it's a real thing and it's really difficult and – you know, I am thankful that I had a great support network and a loving family and you know, people around me that cared enough yeah. to to help me through it. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't a a bad bad depression. No. But it happens. Oh yeah. And um I I think depression is really it's a mind thing.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: You know. And I, like I said, I'm not brushing it off No, by any means. And there are
1: chemical reasons which we, we all know we went through with that. Yeah, right?
0: absolutely. And I think, you know, if anything, these kids coming out of just horrific circumstances have every opportunity to be mm. in that position and to live life depressed and live life oppressed and, yeah. w- and not have hope. Mm. But... And that's what I love about God, but God.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And God is bigger than anything we can ever think that we can go through or yeah. or experience on, on earth. Mm. And that experience really, I think, was a pivotal turning point in my own life. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, I could see the difference
1: when you came back and – what that meant for our family and what that meant for you, if that was a big turning point, that's kind of, that started the journey of us deciding to move again and started, not start a new life, but be in in an environment where we can help others and help ourselves at the same time. And when you were talking about how it gave you perspective, I think oftentimes we say that, what, what I mean by this is during COVID, something that I've definitely become even more aware of is, you know, we, we, everyone is struggling in this period, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad you think it is for you, there are still people who are worse off and there are still people who are better off. But that's how life is always. Yep. But what this means is that, yes, we can mourn the things that we have lost, And yes, we can be upset about those things and it's healthy to work through that pain. But when we are in a place, we need to focus on who God is and what he can help us through and also how we can help others. Sometimes the best way to help yourself is to help someone else and to see the need. I think it just gives you perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I think is that, In that experience, what God showed me was that I'm not alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And as humans, we're actually made for a relationship. Yes. We're made for a relationship firstly with him. Yeah. And we're also made for a relationship with others. Yeah. And the team of people that I went to Moldova with Mm -hmm. were good for my soul. Yeah. They were good for my spirit. Yeah. And even though they didn't know what I was struggling with mm. because I tend not to bare my soul to complete strangers. <laughs> no, uh, except today apparently. <laughs> yeah, except right now. Uh, but um, they showed me that I wasn't alone. Yeah. And they helped that healing process within me completely unbeknownst to them. Yeah. And um, I think when you realise that you're not alone and you don't have to to be alone and you don't have to go through periods of fear or unbelief Mm. or depression or life is so hard, yeah. when you realise that we're meant and built intrinsically for relationship with him and with others – ...your life changes. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, you have to be careful who you are in relationship with. Yeah. And you need to pick those close people, close mm. friends, your confidants wisely. Yeah. Um, because there are only certain people that you can share your heart with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't we all know it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, um, you know, sometimes... ...sometimes you don't even have to bare your soul... No. ...for God to lift you out of where you are. Yes. So I think, you know, that trip um, did. It changed my life. Yeah. And um, I, I'm i very grateful. I mean, I still uh, kind of stay in touch with the team that I went with. Oh, that's cool. Just every so often. Yeah. Um. You know, and, uh, you know, they've gone on to live their lives and, and do different things and mm-hmm. whatnot as well. But that experience will stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, and then I travelled all the way home on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, it was just it helped me overcome a lot of fear. Oh, yeah. A lot of fear of... A lot of things. Oh, yeah. I think uh, being fearful is um, is is a natural part of life though. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, the last four or five months of COVID, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of fear in the community and a lot of fear in people and yeah. in people's hearts. And, um, you know, I didn't really expect this conversation to go to that, place of talking about fear. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, for anybody that's listening um, that does feel fearful... ...you know, look, um, there is always other ways to do life. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it comes back to choice. And like I said right at the beginning, I chose to go on that trip... ...because I wanted to face some of the things that I was um, dealing with at the time. And... Look, I know there are other ways to, to face your fears. <laughs> yeah, then go to a different country by yourself. But yeah. That's right. But um I don't regret that decision. Yeah. Um and like I said, there are other stories that I could tell you about that trip. Um, perhaps for another time, mm. but you know, fear can grip your life and it can control your life. Mm. And I think part of ...what I was dealing with at the time... Yeah. ...was that I did feel like I wasn't in control. Yeah. I felt like there were other things that were controlling my life... ...that yeah. I couldn't break free from. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in my my typical fashion... <laughs> ...I face that head on. <laughs>
1: yes, you do.
0: You know? Um, and sometimes uh, I, f- I remember a friend of mine once told me, it's it's one step each day in front of the other, one day at a time. Yeah. And if you can do one thing today that's different to yesterday that pivots your life, yeah. even just half a degree, mm. your life will change.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And... Potentially you don't have to go halfway around the other side of the world. No, especially not now. I don't advise that. <laughs> Correct. Uh, to, to change your life. Mm. But it might be something as simple as, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend five minutes talking to God and just being still. Yeah. Uh, to listen for what he has to say. Yeah. Or it could be, you know what? I'm going to learn a new skill. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing... Whatever it is today that will help me to change my life. Yeah. It all comes down to choice. Yeah. And what you choose to do in life.
1: Yes. Hello, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for chatting. That's um, okay. To finish it off, do you have a funny story from any, any of your mission trips or like I'm thinking of one in particular about a painting made from scenes. <laughs> you don't have to share that one. You can share something else.
0: Yeah, let's not share that one. <laughs> However, I do, one. I do have a Moldova story that oh, okay. you, your listeners might find funny. Okay. So as a treat at the end of our trip in Moldova, mm-hmm. we decided to stay in the city because which I can't even remember the name mm. <laughs> of it, but um, oh no, I do. Chisnia,
1: Chisnia, yeah, cool.
0: So we stayed in a, a hotel, mm-hmm. and we were going to go out for dinner at this, um, uh, you know, local Moldovan restaurant. Yeah. So we went out to dinner. That was all good. That mm-hmm. was fine. Um, and then we went to the to stay in this hotel, and I was the only girl in the team. Yeah. So. That was a whole nother challenge yes. <laughs> all on its own. So I was with uh, four other grown men yep. in the team and then myself. And um, so they had bunked all the guys together in two rooms. So yep. they shared a room and I had a room on my own.
1: That's going to always be <laughs> more scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you know those <laughs> Russian movies that you see on TV where, you know, you go into the hotel and there's Russian – kiev or moscow or somewhere and they've Mm -hmm. got armed guards at the door and the whole bit yeah well that was this hotel right (laughs) so we're walking into this hotel with my bags and the rest of the guys they get their rooms and i'm on my own yeah i'm like three doors down from the other guys and i'm like oh my gosh okay um i'm in this today could be the day (laughs) (laughs) right and and i'm thinking to myself oh my goodness People get kidnapped and sold in, yeah. you know, to slavery and I'm like, ah. Yes. All right. So.
1: The funny part of the story is coming. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I get to my hotel room and I'm like, all right, I need, I want to have a shower, you know, feel a bit. Yeah. We've been traveling all day. We'd gone out to dinner. I'll have a shower before I go to bed. And the room was something you'd see out of the seventies. Really? <laughs> Beautiful. You we know. love the seventies. mm. <laughs> Lovely. So um, I thought uh, I'll lock the door, you know, lock the room door, but it didn't have any chain or anything on it. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll have a shower. Uh, what can I do to secure the door? <laughs> okay, so you know how they lean a chair up yep. against the handle <laughs> and everything? I thought, okay, I'll do that. Cool. Did that, went and had a shower, went to bed and I'm like, all I could hear out the window was these sirens, oh, and you know, like it was pretty. Yep. I thought I was gonna die. Yes, today. Or get kidnapped. That today could the be day. the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so my imagination's running wild. I'm not sleeping very well. The door is still yep. jammed with a chair so that I'm like feeling a little bit more secure mm-hmm. in this room. Anyway, I wake up in the morning, I have a shower and whatnot and everything. And then I get myself ready. To go meet the team Mm. Well I removed The chair from the door Mm -hmm. And it's just a push button lock (gasps) Yeah Yeah, That's why I put the chair there Yeah fair enough (laughs) Anyway I failed to realise That the door doesn't open (laughs) (laughs) inward. It actually opens Outward (laughs) So it would (laughs) have done nothing (laughs) It would have done nothing I'm like oh my gosh Thank goodness I did not know that When I went to bed God had you
1: He had you (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway. So that was my, one of the funny stories of Moldova. Sometimes what happens on uh, missions trips stays on missions yes. trips, but that one's, that one's okay to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like such a.
1: Yeah. Like, I, 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 that's not something I expect you to do. I feel like that's something I expect <laughs> me to do.
0: I know, but you got to realize like there was guys with,
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Machine
0: oh. guns. There's and they looked. We- they looked scary.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not blaming you for what you did. That's what I would have done. I just think it's funny that it turns out open outwards.
0: Yeah. yeah, I didn't I was- tell anybody about that. No. On the team because they would have just paid me out the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. you
1: don't. The things. See, that's that's the thing. You're wise in that aspect. You don't tell people the dumb, the stuff dumb you things do. I do. No. Whereas I'm like, this is hilarious. I'm going <laughs> to tell everyone, and then I and then everyone pays me out for ages. And I'm like, should have just kept it to myself. But I thought it was funny. Thought you'd appreciate it too.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's my funny that's, story. That's the
1: story. That's our light note. Well, thank you for coming on, Mum. You thank are you for welcome. Being here, I mean, thank you for allowing me back into your home. <laughs> <laughs> um, to record this and ask you questions about your life and thanks for sharing your story and everything like that.
0: My pleasure. It's been great. I just yeah. – uh, if there's one thing, I just hope that it helps somebody.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, thanks, Mum. I love you. We'll see you all later. Um, uh, the next few podcasts we might do some of the ones I record at home in between. Um The ones that Caleb and I do, we might do it all at once. So I don't know what timeline this is going to be coming out in, but thank you for listening. We will be in your ears next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about our community, check us out on Instagram at HWY Originals. We'll see you next week.